0: We want to thank everyone for being here this morning. Uh, I know I'm, I'm a little personally intimidated because we follow such a good class of people in the discussion and, um, and you hate to see something take a little slightly different turn, uh, but we believe that, uh, that it will be beneficial. Franklin and Reed and Jeannie and myself want to thank you uh, for giving us the honor to teach And to spend this time with you, Um, we aren't teaching on prayer or a connection to the Lord because we've got it all figured out or uh, we don't have any struggles anymore. We're actually doing this because we're on a journey just like you are. And we have found something that we have experienced that's made a huge difference in our life. And so as we talk about this, just please keep in mind that this is a way to connect to the Lord. We don't think it is the way, it is a way. that, And, and we're all different people, so we respond in different ways. Uh, in our struggles, we have found a way that helps us to consistently stay connected to our Lord. Um, This way has empowered us, it's blessed us, it's um, sustained us. Um, Never in my life have I carried on a conversation with my Lord like I have over the past six or seven years. Um, And so uh, we have witnessed this make a huge difference in the lives of other people. Now, I say that, but just keep in mind, if it doesn't make a huge difference in yours, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's just a way, okay? So it's, it's not a standard by which to judge yourself against. It's just a way that we want you to consider. Uh, just a reminder that we're going to be following a book. Uh, Franklin has books over here. Uh, now, you don't have to have this book to benefit from the class. We have offered books, one per couple, uh, if we run out, and if you want one, we'll make sure that you get one so everybody can have a copy of the book. Next week, we're gonna have uh, Jen Barnett, who wrote the book, First Freedoms, gonna come and spend some time with you next week on uh, specifically helping you to connect to the Lord. And I promise you, You will thoroughly enjoy your time together with her next week. Her and her husband go to Ethos, and so uh, we have been blessed by having a relationship with her. Um, Now, everybody knows you had a three-by-five card, and uh, I'm going to ask you to respond on that card, but do not write your name on it. We do not want to—if you didn't get one, raise your hand if if you— if you have someone next to you, just tear it in half. You're only going to write a, a number and a letter. That's all you're going to write. So you, there's plenty of room if you want to split it up a little bit. Uh, and if you need a pen, raise your hand. Stephen back here has pens. And Jeannie and I tested them all, and they do write. Or at least, <laughs> at least they did they at did. 7.30 this morning. <laughs> ask anybody needs morning. After uh, class, okay. Thank you. Also, uh, if you need a book, we we have a box over here with several in it.
1: So please feel
0: free to get one of those uh, after class this morning. And those of you who are near the back, if someone sticks their head in. There's a couple of seats over here, and there's some seats here, and uh, so we can got room for people to sit. Okay. We know that you have been in this class because you've had a, a good experience. You have experienced, in some ways, community, you have witnessed people being vulnerable. You have witnessed uh, humility. <laughs> you know, what class are you going to where they talk about when is the best time to have sex when you have kids? I mean, you know, to me, that's the kind of class you want to have because that's real stuff. That's where we are every single day, you know. And... Uh, and, and so to have a place where you can talk about these sort of things and share these things and hear other, sometimes just hearing other people and that they, they have a struggle, not that you want to hear other, that other people struggle, but helps you realize you're not alone. Okay? And, and that's what we want you to know about your faith and your connection to our Lord. Uh, you're not alone in that struggle. I can promise you uh, that's real for a lot of people. Um, so here's what I'd like for you to do. We're going to... I'm going to, do a, I'm going to ask you to respond. You have it on the, your paper there and it's also on the board up here behind me. And uh, if you would, respond to this. How close do you feel to the Lord? Now, when I ask that, You're going to, you may say, well, it depends. (laughs) It may depend if you ask me yesterday, it was wonderful, today, not so much. I'm talking about if you were to take the last six months, what would that, if there was a consistent line drawn, what would that number be? Zero is no connection whatsoever. If you write zero, do not feel ashamed. Are you with me? I want you to be true to yourself. You can only grow when you acknowledge where you are. Okay? There's no judgment on us if you put a zero. And 10 is very close. So on a scale of 1 to 10, if you will just write that number down, then we'll be good. Can we fold the cards in half? Yes. Yes. But don't pass them in yet. Got one more. All right. Maybe you have tried uh, to connect to the Lord and you are left with questions. I just gave you these as examples. You don't have to use these. You may have your own questions. But how do I know I hear from God? Number um, B, I know I need to pray more, but I don't. Why? Uh, C, or two or three. Why doesn't God help me? I've asked in faith. Four. Why does God feel so distant? And five. Why can't I consistently live my faith? And then six. Uh, you can just fill in the blank with whatever question you may have. Um, the reason we're asking you this question is we want to get a feel for where the questions that you have as you reflect on your relationship with the Lord. And what is your real, what's your questions? Uh, and, you, and if you have a hundred questions, just what's the number one? Just what's the number one question you have? And write that down and fold your three your, by your five card, pass them to the center aisle, and then pass them uh, towards the front. And then we'll collect those once they get up here. I will tell you what the results will be on question two. I will not on question one because I know some of you will sit out here and you will compare yourself. And I do not want you comparing yourself because you are not like everybody else. Not that you're weird, but we're different. We're all different. And that is good And because God made you that way. You aren't supposed to be like everybody else. Okay, I want to share with you two passages that I think will help us. uh, Tell me if I go too long. We can start to Okay. That will help us know if we need to seek a consistent relationship with the Lord. The first one is Proverbs 18, verse 14. The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. Now, I am a great testimony to this passage. I am a very, very strong-willed person. Uh, If you give me fight or flight, I'll fight. And and deep inside, I think there's some weird thing inside of me that thinks if I win, it'll be a big deal. You know? Um, If I'm sick, I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to be seen as weak. And then depression hit. And then a physical ailment hit me that took me to my knees. And no amount of strong will or determination got me out of that place. That's when the spirit is crushed. Now, you don't have to have stuff like me, but I, there may be some things in your life that have had the same kind of effect. It's really made a difference. And this is where connecting to the Lord can be of great value. The second passage is Hebrews 12, 11 through 13. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. I take this passage to basically mean you're able to kind of get along in life. You can come in here this morning and you can look the way you look and you can walk out and nobody will know any difference. But when I was depressed and my physical illness got away, when I walked in the door, you knew it. If you knew me before, you knew it. Because I was not happy. I was very sad, very distant. Uh, but with this, you can come in, you can interact and be people. But the reality is there are still things in our life that we need the Lord to help us with. And it's only through discipline. When he's talking about discipline here, he's not talking about... Willpower discipline, he's talking about the discipline of putting yourself in before God and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform your life. If it were about strong, being strong-willed, then why would I be here today? I wouldn't need to worship. I wouldn't need the Lord. But I'm here because... I need it, even though I can still function every day like nothing else is going on, okay? Now Franklin's going to take us into Luke 15. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we're, um, again, I just want to say for our, us still we we're
2: excited to be with you all this quarter. We've loved being in this class and just uh, getting to know you and excited to look forward to more of that. This week's kind of an overview of what the class is going to be for the next quarter. Uh, like Mike said, Jen's coming to talk uh, next week and cover the first chapter. It's going to be about connection with, with the guy that Jeannie's going to talk a little bit about in a minute here. Um, you will, you, she's a great teacher. You'll love hearing from her. Um, we tried to get her here when they moved from Texas five or six years ago. We still had a grudge that they went to Ethos instead. but um, yeah. <laughs> She's a, a wonderful teacher, so I'm looking forward to that. And then so the first few chapters of the book are about kind of that connecting with God, knowing Him as Father, drawing near to Him. And then the next few chapters, the core, are about kind of ways that we feel distance from God ways that we can feel like we've, we've kind of moved away from him or we've kind of, kind of lost our connection to him. And I think, you know, a lot of times we don't even know kind of what that is. Like I myself, I can't say, I can't pinpoint myself like, why do I feel this? way? Why do I get angry every time this happens? Why do I, why do I feel like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and not going anywhere? Why does that just feel like stuck right now? Like I, and I can't even muster up myself like, oh, it's because that happened to me one time. You know, I, don't, I can't pinpoint that reason. But, but God knows. Like God sees the timeline of our life continually. And there's always a reason. There's always a reason why. He didn't make me to feel anger every time this instance happened. He didn't make me to feel um, you know, shame continually. He, he didn't make me to just carry a burden. You know, He made me to walk free with Him. He made me to walk free as His child. And that's where we're supposed to walk as believers. And so... I love the parables of Luke 15. I didn't grow up loving them. Uh, I didn't really totally get how they fit in our lives. But a few years ago, somebody explained, you know, these parables in a way that Jesus, in the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, the prodigal son, the older brother, Jesus is laying out, okay, here's the ways, here's some categories of ways that you feel like you could distance from me. And here's my heart towards you in every situation. Here's my heart towards you to restore you, to remind you who you are, to bring you back in. And and we just found in prayer times, with freedom prayer, like every issue somebody comes in with can fit into one of these categories. And so the parable of the lost coin goes with with wounding. The parable of the lost uh, sheep goes with entanglement. Uh, The prodigal son goes with sin. And then the older brother's ungodly beliefs. And um, we've just seen that people come in and tell us what the issue is. And there's kind of a path and biblical tools to use to help them. Kind of go before the Lord and get that thing unstuck. To get that lie removed. To get to get healing. And it's just been powerful to watch that over and over again. Um, I think I grew up thinking like everything everything I struggle with is sin. Like this thing, I feel this way because I sinned. I feel bad because I sinned. I feel guilt over sin. And these parables kind of show, yeah, that's one way. But, but sin isn't always the reason why we feel this way. Um, so... We're going to go deeper into each of these this quarter. This is kind of an overview of these parables in Luke 15. Uh, we're going to spend a week on each one later in the quarter. And, and kind of how it's going to be laid out. The kegels going to take one week. We're going to take one week. Sometimes we go back to back. Uh, but we're just going to split up the class like that. So I'm just going to kind of run th- through these quickly. Uh, I, I love this, and I think they're powerful. In the parable of the lost coin, so you have in these parables uh, something that represents you know, someone who's stuck or in need. And so in the lost, parable of the lost coin, it's the coin. And they, this coin, you know, through no fault of their own, they've gotten, they've gotten lost. They've gotten discarded, forgotten, uh, you know, in the dark, kind of unseen, uh, covered in grime and filth. And someone who's, who's been wounded in their life, you know, maybe from a bully in third grade who made them believe something about themselves, or kind of tormented them, or maybe from serious abuse or trauma, can relate to that lost coin. You know, feel like, why didn't God see that? He's forgotten about me. I'm I'm here in the in the dark, and and this is who I am, covered in this in this filth and shame. But the coin, what does the coin have on it? What does every coin have on it? Mm Sorry, say again. An image, yeah, an image image of the king on one side, and value on the other. And so, in this parable, the lost coin, who represents the heart of God in this parable? It's okay to say it in Otter Creek. It's a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a more conservative church. Yeah, God I mean, uses a woman to show his heart in this story. And one reason, I think, is because a woman, women are good at finding things. And I can I sit beside my wife, and she's laughing because the number of times that she, I've asked her where's something again, she's like, well, where have you looked? Like, I, I looked there. It's not there. And she goes there and finds it, by the way. I will give my kids those, as an example of that, but it's usually me that's doing that. But this woman, she searches until she finds it. She lights a lamp. She brings light. She illuminates and she searches until she finds, she knows how to look. And she finds that coin and brings light and wipes away the dirt and the grime. And the coin gets clean and the coin gets found. And that's, that's God's heart toward people who experience wounding, to be found in that way, to be reminded who they are. And to experience that, that, that God saying, no, this is who you are. This thing happened to you, but that's not who you are. Let me remind you who you are. And so that's not sin. The coin didn't do anything. You know, the coin didn't do anything. People who, who have experienced trauma didn't do anything to get lost. So that's just a little, you know, God gives us this example um, to, to, to deal with someone who's been wounded. Um, the next was entanglement. So the lost sheep. You know, sheep kind of dumb, kind of, kind of stupid, but, but mostly innocently, just kind of wanders away from the flock and becomes lost and trapped and stuck. And so as humans, you know, we can do the same thing in different ways. We can wander away. You know, outside of our marriage, addictions can create entanglements. Words that we speak can create entanglements. Uh, Proverbs says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And that's something I did not take seriously until six or seven years ago. That our words have power. And so when I say things like, I swear I'm never going to be like my dad. I swear I will not parent like my mom. I will not do that. And Satan's a legalist. He says, okay, you, you try that. Oh, you messed up. So you, your words, you swore that. Now I get a foothold there. Let me just kind of spin this up in your life. that you, you can't do that. So now your mom's voice is the loudest voice in your head, your dad's voice. So you can see that's just one example of how Satan takes those things that can entangle us and trap us like that. But again, the heart of the father in this story is, is he leaves the 99. He's the shepherd who leaves the 99. He searches until he finds them. And then when he finds the sheep, he breaks the entanglement off. He breaks it off. He puts the sheep on his shoulder. So that, that struggle, that tired sheep who's been struggling with this, this entanglement the shepherd says, Let me take the weight of that. Here, I'll, I'll take all the weight of that entanglement. You don't have to carry that anymore. And also, you know, what does the sheep get from up there? He gets God's, the shepherd's perspective. And it's, it's God saying, no, Look, here's how, here's how this happened. Here's how you wandered away innocently, mostly, but here's how you got to this point. You know, people don't start contacting an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend on Facebook thinking they're going to you know, ruin their marriage and destroy their lives. It just starts off innocently, but we get entangled that way. But again, God's heart is to bring us back and remind us who we are. With sin, I'll kind of speed up here, with sin, you know, the parable of the prodigal son, he knowingly leaves, he knowingly rebels, and he ends up you know, covered in the guilt and the shame of what he's done. And, and the sin did the teaching. He, he knows what he did. The sin gave him the consequences. The father isn't waiting with a paddle to say, when he gets back, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, he's gonna get 50 lashes. You know, the heart of God in this story is for someone who sinned. He's watching he wait, and waiting, longing for the Son, for the one who sins, just turn, just turn toward me. And the Father's response is, I'm running after you. I'm lifting up my robes unashamedly, unabashedly, and running after you and embracing you. And that, that, that shame and guilt you feel here, here's my robe of righteousness. It's, it's covered. I don't see that anymore. Here's my ring. You have my authority again. Sandals. There's work for you to do with me. And that's God's heart towards those who have sinned but turn back to Him. You're my son. You're my daughter. You don't have to come be a servant. You don't have to earn it back. There's no retribution. I know the sin did the teaching, but I want you back in with me, close, learning from me. And so, again, in this ministry, we see people. We see God help people that way when sin is the issue. And then, lastly, with ungodly beliefs, that goes with the older brother in that par- in that story. Um, he's been, you know, working in the field away, kind of disgruntled, probably grumbling to himself you know, I'm out here every day does, does dad not see what I'm doing every day does he not appreciate the work I'm doing you know, this ungodly or false belief about who he has to be with God I've got to work out here every day that stinking brother of mine took half the inheritance and now I'm here doing the work every day day in and day out and dad's not giving me anything um and you know I can relate to that grumbling in my life does God not see what I've done for him why, why is my life like this but again God's heart in this story just like the father again he says son You've always been with me. Everything I have is yours. He gives him identity. You're my son. You're not. You're not a servant. You didn't have to be out there. You've always been with me. You know, I wanted you close, learning from me, near me. Uh, you know, in close relationship, helping me, helping me run this this plantation, whatever it is. And then provision. Everything I have is yours. Just ask. We'll have a party every night. Just ask. It's all yours. And so in our lives, we can we can get ungodly beliefs in our life. It could be about feel like we have to earn our salvation. or feel like we have to work. Or beliefs about who we are. You know, I'm just worthless. I'm just a, a small, stupid man. I'm just, whatever kind of tape plays in your head, that's not from God. He didn't put that in there and say, now you try to figure out how to, get, how to get that out of your head. You know, it's not a, it's not a test from him. He wants to, to, to renounce that lie and to fill back in with truth. Um, so I just, I love these parables explained that way. That most of us can feel, maybe some part of that resonates with you in your life. Um, I just want to give you hope. Like if that if it does, like you're here for a reason. Like there's there's hope and a way out of this. God God gives these examples, and He also gives the tools to help us feel freedom in these areas. And so we're we're going to dive uh, deeper into those as the year goes on.
1: All right. So I'm going to talk about um, marriage and parenting, and how um, having these tools will develop a wholehearted prayer life and affect those areas of your life. And Just know that the first thing is is having them personally. So that's how our story that we shared a few weeks ago happened. I saw that Franklin was using these tools and going before the Lord, and I saw transformation in him. And so then I wanted that for myself. So it doesn't work if Franklin's not doing his own business and taking care of his own heart and just looks at me and says no you need to do this and same for me i'm not gonna um, do that to him it doesn't work that way so um, you've got to start personally and your kids will see right through you if you try to parent <laughs> without putting your heart before the lord first and um, putting everything in the light first as well so um, before i had a framework For learning how to connect or abide, some scriptures just sounded like really sweet Bible stories to me. But that's kind of all they were. It's just, that's a nice story, you know. So, for example, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, that just sounded really nice. (laughs) But what does that feel like? I just didn't really have a framework to know how on earth that could really apply to me. and I believe those stories Um, what about do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus again I was like be anxious about nothing he said that really how And I believe that's for me, but I didn't know how. And these tools have helped me with that. And what about forgiveness? I mean, we have spent so many weeks and such great lessons on forgiveness. But as we shared a few weeks ago, I just thought it was saying, I forgive you. I just thought it was lip service. I did not know that there was a true spiritual transaction that could take place and heal in that. So again, it was just really nice thoughts and scriptures, but I didn't know how to apply them in my life. What about everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light? From Ephesians five thirteen. So how often do we really practice that? How often do we have two or three gathered in his name where we put things in the light? There is real power When we take him for his word, and we gather, and he shows up. Which is why I think we're all addicted to free prayer sessions. (laughs) Because it's so powerful. We get to see and encounter the Lord in a unique relationship with each person each time. So using these tools is just putting scripture into practice. It's worth it fruit comes from applying God's solutions. I just didn't know what that looked like, and I needed help. So I learned to ask questions, and all of this you're going to be learning through this study this semester. And if you came in late, I want to just say again, we have a book, one per couple, but we're going to have handouts each class too. It's okay if you don't read all of the book and do all of your homework. But these tools are in there, and the more you put in, the more you'll get out. But I learned to ask questions like, Jesus, I feel anxious about my job situation. Is this feeling from you? And I can sit and I can wait, and he will answer. Will you show me or tell me why it's there? And like Franklin said, he knows my whole timeline. He can name it for me. He can bring something to mind. When was the first time I felt an anxiety like this? (coughs) And then, the best part, what is your truth? And he will tell you. Jesus, I feel like I'm not appreciated in my family. Are there any lies that I'm believing about myself or about you? Will you show me what it looks like or feels like to let you be the source of my joy? That changes things when I learn to ask those questions. Most importantly, I've learned to abide, um, just rest with him and be in his presence. And can you see how that can transform a marriage? So that is where this piece comes in. <laughs> so once my healing and joy rest in the Lord and they are not reliant on Franklin, marriage is different. So that's how these tools can apply to marriage. Now, I'm still learning with parenting. We have yet to see if our 10 and 12-year-old will grow up to be contributing citizens to society. So (laughs) um, we, um, I'm just going to share an example of how we use these tools um, in our home. Um, This is just an example that's just happened in the last two or three weeks. Um, Okay, so. I recently had a prayer time. I like to sign up for a birthday prayer session and a half birthday prayer session. So I feel like, hey, I go to the dentist twice a year even though I brush my teeth every day. And I go to the dermatologist twice a year even though I check my skin every day. So it made sense to me. Even though I can talk to the Lord every day, I think it is good to sit with two or three gathered in his name a couple times a year. So I do that. So I just went about three weeks ago. And um, this time, I signed up at Brentwood Hills and had a prayer session with them. I like popping around. <laughs> and um, so when I went, I said, hey, I don't, you know, I'm just here for my, my birthday check-in. And <laughs> I said, I don't know if the Lord wants to reveal something big, something that's deep and dark that's been hiding, or if we're just going to be sitting in a field with flowers. I'm just here, you know, so... It was something big. Um he named something for me that I did not realize I was doing. I just thought I was parenting. I was actually judging my own kids in the form of I wanted to make them feel guilt, shame, and remorse for their actions to a level until it pleased me, which I'm not sure was even possible. I just wanted to teach one and I have permission to share this story I asked from my daughter. And she said, yes, but don't use my name. Well, we only have two daughters, so. <laughs> and, the, and the other
2: one figured that out this morning. She was like, hey, but what? Made, <laughs> anyway,
1: I was like, but it's all good. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so, so I just wanted to teach her to not keep anger in her heart and project it on others. I wanted to fix that fast to help her. So I repented of this in my prayer time and asked for the Lord's forgiveness. And I felt like he reminded me of his truth, that he would be with us the whole time. But sometimes journeys are not fast, even though I wanted to fix her fast. Another thing that came up was that I felt like if I kept telling my girls to take everything to Jesus, that would push them away from him. And I realized that did not sound like the Lord. That sounded like the enemy. And I renounced that lie, and I received his truth, which was, let the children come to me. Again, that had just been a sweet scripture, but now it was real. So I shared this story with this daughter afterwards, and I asked for her forgiveness as well. And fruit came from this. So two weeks later, I did have to parent again and hand out a lot of consequences and chores, or anger and behavior. And after she had time to cool down, it was the next day, (laughs) I talked to her about it. And I asked her if she wanted to ask Jesus about that anger the day before. She did. And he told her that she felt like she just needed to be right all the time. So I said, well, why don't you ask him why you feel the need to be right? And he told her that she was believing a lie that she was not as good as her sister. Well, that's big. So we renounced that lie and we asked him for a game plan. He told her to go to her room when she felt anger, coming instead of acting out. We asked what his truth was over the lie that she was not as good as her sister, and he told her that she was kind. Now, how would that have gone if I had been the one to tell her? You just feel like you need to be right. How would that have gone if I had been the one to tell her? You just think you're not as good as your sister. How would that have gone if I had told her the truth? It's good for me to tell her the truth. But how much better for her to learn to run to the Lord and to receive truth from him?
3: I feel like we've given y'all an awful lot of information. Do y'all have questions brewing around? One thing I want to clarify is we're using language that says, I'm listening to the Lord. uh, And how that, uh, how we hear, is very different for each person. So it's not this parting of the clouds for me with the voice. And that's part of what we're going to talk about. Is it the thoughts in my head? Is it my thoughts? Is that from the Lord? How do you discern? You know, there's a lot that goes into this. So when you hear the language of, and then the Lord told me, just know that that comes in a lot of different forms. And that's part of what we're going to talk about. But any questions that y'all have that we've kind of thrown this at you? What's whirling around? Are y'all like, what on earth are you talking about? (laughs) And actually, we're really looking forward to feedback because we know for a fact that a lot of you have deep relationship with the Lord. We know you do because we live among you. So we want this to be sharing time as well. Next week with Jen, uh, she's going to actually go through an exercise where you experience uh, connection with the Lord. So come in with some expectation and with an open heart uh, so you can see what that is for yourself. I think the last thing that I would like to talk about is um, when our oldest daughter, Melanie, was 15, I took her to get her learner's permit, Mm -hmm. and then I took... Temporary leave of my senses and said, "Hey, you want to drive home?" And it was like riding with Mr. Magoo. I don't know if any of y'all ever remember that cartoon where you know the mailboxes and you know. And I was like, "What's thinking?" Um, And now that she's 43 years old, she's a very responsible driver and teaching her own children how to drive. But you know what? In our spiritual lives, we so often in our relationships with the Lord. We don't allow for learning and stumbling and walking things out together and having conversation about what does spiritual growth look like. Um, so beneficial we talk about marriage. So wonderful we talk about parenting. All of finances, all of these things are so good, but it's all based and weighted with our individual personal connection with the lord and that's really what we're hoping this class to be is a place for conversation for mentoring for teaching and for the spirit to do his thing Uh, if there's one thing we want you to leave knowing it's this you're already holy the lord has made you holy we're just walking through deepening that relationship in the same way your marriage or your relationship with your children or any relationship has to grow over time and get deeper what we're talking about here is building capacity you start out with things feeling awkward you know melanie learning to drive initially you know you're thinking i remember we had this encounter in the car where she said, you never told me I had to put the brakes on when I took a curve. (laughs) And I was like, don't you ride a bicycle? You do it on a bicycle, just, you know, she was taking the curve at, you know, 50 miles an hour. Um, Well, you know, over time, these interactions and conversations, there's growth, there's maturity, there's capacity, all of that comes with time. But we want you to know and give you a really strong reminder that the Spirit lives in you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead wants to create connection between you and the Lord. I love those parables. The heart of the Father is something we so often miss. The heart of the Father with that sinful son There wasn't any punishment. He was like, please just come back to me. The heart of the father when you're entangled in something and you don't even know how you got there, he swoops you up and puts you on his shoulders. I mean, that's the heart of the father we all love and serve. Uh, But boy, the enemy, he's using every little thing he can to keep that distance so that we don't really know how to listen. That is the one thing personally, I've had to learn uh, because I grew up uh, learning A-C-T-S, right? <clears throat> Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, whatever that is, but that made the made the acronym work, but supplication, I, you know, if I did the others at the end, I could ask the Lord for things, and then at the end, it was Jesus' name, amen, check you later, and I didn't listen. I didn't, Stop! I didn't have the conversation she just described. That says, "Boy, I'm feeling some anger. Lord, where is that coming from?" And listen, because he really wants to show you. He really wants to clean that out in you. So, we would love for you all to come back. And so it's you. time for you to get your children. <laughs> uh, if you have children, you want, I want to, say to say something too. I want to
2: say just like we're, we're not. I know some counselors in here. We're not counselors. No. We, no. but we. <laughs> Have we love counselors. counselors. Yes. Yeah, refer mm-hmm. people from their counseling sessions to freedom prayer. And we refer, refer people to counselors also. Yes. But maybe you need to walk this out a little bit more with them. But I do think, too, we're all brothers and sisters. And mm-hmm. I think, like this class has done, like God gave us this this community. He gave us each other to carry each other's burdens. And like you said before, this ministry, I didn't go sit with someone for an hour, hour and a half, and just go after the Lord, really trusting that promise. I never, I've never done that. And so... Mm-hmm. Maybe also, if you've never done that, there's there's power in that. There's truth in that. His promise is real in that. Um, I wanna just want to say again, too, you're going to love hearing from Jen next week. I hope you'll come back um, and hear from her. Um, you will get more out of it by doing the chapters. I'm going to go back through it again myself and just do chapter one again. Uh, but we'll have handouts for you as well. So, Any other last comments or something that landed with you or that you're just interested to hear more about or... <laughs> <David really laughs> He's back there
1: videoing.
2: Well, we will give you more time. We want to have, we want to have a conversation, too, so we'll have yeah. more time at the end of classes to kind of you Th- know, unpack these There will be more discussion. Yeah. Yeah. It will
1: not be like this ever again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank, y'all. Thank you all. Thank you.